welcome to the Empowered Spirituality Podcast. Join me, your host, Samantha Nagel, a certified integrative nutrition health coach, poet, witch, and work in progress for grounding meditations, inspiring interviews, and reflections about spirituality, holistic health, and the world around us. Join in every Thursday as we explore what empowered spirituality means to us in today's world. Hey, welcome back to Empowered Spirituality. I'm your host, Samantha Nagel. Oh, what a time. I think we've been separated, <laughs> me and you, uh, for about a month while I took a break. Um, so thank you so much for creating space for me to take that break. And some of you have reached out and that's been very, very kind and very, very sweet. And I really appreciate it. Hmm. <sighs> Taking a break has felt really good and really nurturing and definitely felt like the right step. I was getting really overwhelmed with the like scheduling process and the um, like interviewing process, even though I like it a lot. I just felt like I had so much going on. Um, and I still have the same amount going on, but it was nice to be able to take a break and also to kind of reassess my intentions, not just for this podcast, but for my business in general. And like, how can I create more mindfulness and more intention in that structure? So I feel like I was able to really explore that this month in a really nice way. Um, and also the month felt really long. So that's good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm really happy to be back next week. I'll start interviews, um, start airing interviews. I've been interviewing this week, like every day this week as I'm recording. So it'll be nice to kind of batch some of that content and have it go out over the next few weeks. Some upcoming topics, perfectionism, self-care, Um, inner child and inner children work, um, mental health slash witchcraft, um, what else, highly sensitive person stuff, HSP stuff, um, mental health, food freedom, creativity. Um, I think there's more (laughs) on the calendar, but Yeah, and season two is almost at its end, so there will be a longer break. Um, But you can expect this to go on for at least a month, probably six weeks. And I also have some more solo episodes in me as well. Uh, Something that's really cool that I wanted to mention is that I started a smaller podcast um, that will be going during this upcoming like season break that will happen in the next two months. Um, but it air- already aired. It aired on um, September 12th. So this week. <laughs> um, so it's a daily-ish. So it's like Monday through Friday daily um, around five minute podcast. Um, so every episode will be a topic, but it's it's a mini topic. There will be like less musings. It'll be kind of more like straight to the point, it'll have more information or, and or like a tip or um, an idea to reflect on, 
a self-care idea, an affirmation, something like that. Um, One of my favorite – I have a couple podcasts that I love listening to that use that format, like Make Your Damn Bed with Julie Merica. I love her. Um, We did a live together on Instagram. You should check out. Which actually I learned how to publish live, so maybe I'll do that at the end of this season. I'll post some of my lives as podcasts so you can – get them if you don't have um, Instagram, because I know not everyone does, and good for you. (laughs) Um, I wish I was you. (laughs) Um, And um, the Daily Witch podcast, I really like that one, and that's that's more like 20 minutes every day. Um, But yeah, I really like those bite-sized episodes, and then I listen to some podcasts who will release like random smaller episodes, and I really like them. And yeah, I had some time and the way I came up with the name is kind of silly, but I really love the name. It's called Bloomcast. Right now it's only available on Spotify, not because of some cool exclusivity thing. I just haven't linked up Apple Podcasts yet because it's hard. (laughs) So um, yeah, just on Spotify and Anchor right now. Yeah, it's called Bloomcast. Um, I'm really excited and I'm really loving it. The episodes that have come out have been about perfectionism, um, Cycle 101, Shadow Work, and Maybon are some of the first week topics. And I have a lot of ideas, so very excited about that. And I hope you check it out. I'm just going to give you some updates on some logistic things, and then I'm going to give you updates on myself. So this will be like a shorter episode. We'll see. Sometimes I say that and it's not, so we'll see. Um, The next thing I'm really celebrating is that Mindfully Rooted Rebelling Through Pleasure has concluded. That was a week-long challenge with Bex Mui from House of Our Queer. Um, We did that week-long challenge uh, the first week of September. And it was so amazing. We had such a good turnout and it was so much fun. It really was so much fun. So we sent out a workbook, part of a workbook every other day, um, as well as guided meditation audio files every other day. Um, There's a Spotify playlist in there with um, prompts on how to go through that playlist. And then we had a meeting at the end. So that was so amazing. And I'm so grateful for the support of people who attended. It's the first thing I've ever done like that. And it was so awesome. Um, But if you missed it, uh, the great thing is that we do have it available for purchase right now. So right now it's only $10. To get the workbook with the guided meditation audio files and the playlists, um, or you can just purchase the um, meditation files on their own for a dollar. So it's super cheap. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. I really do think it's worth it. (laughs) I might be biased, but um, I think it was really amazing. So $10 for access to the whole course um, is pretty cheap to me. Um, so yeah, it's mindfully rooted rebelling through pleasure with house of our queer. Um, the other cool thing that has happened is that I started a membership community. I already had one. (laughs) I started another one. Um, so I actually have gotten rid of my Patreon. 
Um, I have one subscriber still on there, so I just made it so that no one else can sign up um, except for her. Um, but yeah, it's on Ko-Fi or Ko-Fi. <laughs> I think it's Ko-Fi, and if it's Ko-Fi, I like Ko-Fi more. Um, <laughs> uh, but I am co-hosting this with Brenna from Nature Tarot. Um, that might sound familiar. I've done live videos with Brenna from Nature Tarot over on Instagram. Uh, we do first and third quarter moon, like free card readings on Instagram. Very, very fun. Um, we have called our membership community Blooming Wild, and our offerings are meant to help you uncover your most magical wild selves. Um, our idea is that when we tend to ourselves, we grow and bloom into the wild ones that we are at our core. So it's really exciting. It's really, really affordable. The lowest tier is only $3 per month, and that's called the growing tier. Um, there's a monthly new moon circle, monthly community card pulls, tarot card pulls, monthly guided meditations. Um, a gift for new members, access to community discord, and access to events and discounts. And then there's two other tiers that go up just a little tiny bit in price, honestly. Um, but it's like all really, really affordable and all really fun. Um, so we are so excited. And the next new moon is September 25th. So maybe you can join us for our first new moon ceremony. I think it'll be pretty fun. Only $3 to get into that. So that's very cool. Um, I think the only other kind of like exciting um, update that I wanted to give is that I have started doing yoga classes. Um, I'm really excited. This is like a goal that I've had for a very long time. Um, and yeah, I'm just really excited to be pursuing that goal and um, trying to be as mindful as I can as well. So I'm calling the classes yoga asana, but as a white and Western yoga teacher, I know that the yoga that I'm familiar with and have been taught and will be teaching is not authentic yoga or yoga asana, uh, but rather a westernized and appropriated version of yoga. Western yoga is a $16 billion industry, and the majority of that does go to white Westerner, Westerners and none of it going to the indigenous people who the stolen practices of yoga actually belong to. So I do acknowledge that going into this endeavor, um, I want to make my events as affordable as possible. There's a huge pay barrier on yoga. Um, which feels really shady. So um, all the events will be sliding scale and very low cost. So the three events that I have coming up, that's five to ten dollars sliding scale, paying what you wish in those in that range. Um, and thirty percent of all profits um, from any of these events will be do donated to Maitri which is a New Delhi-based developmental humanitarian NGO that is committed to facilitating every individual's human rights, especially the rights to identity, dignity, and respect. 
Since 2005, they've worked with over 45,000 individuals on the issues of social and health inequities and public health concerns through education, community outreach, networking, and legal advocacy. And their work is organized under two pillars, which I really appreciate. The first one is violence against women, and the second one is migrant workers. The organization has been addressing the issue of violence against women, especially in the uniformed forces, running a victim support and victor to victim to survivor program, and promoting dignity and support for abandoned elderly widows in India. Um, so yeah, 30% of all profits go to that organization, and they are so amazing. Um, the three events that I have coming up, which I'm really excited about, they are all online. The first one is called Fall Flow, and that's on September 23rd, and that's to help celebrate the transition to autumn here in the Northern Hemisphere. And this one isn't just movement, it's also meditation, journaling and reflection, and a little bit of breath work as well as the flow part. And that's going to be super fun on September 23rd. The next one is a restorative slow practice, um, a lot of like deep, slow poses um, to help you ground into your body, connect with your breath slow the mind. <laughs> and that's on October 7th. And then the, the last one I have scheduled is October 21st. And this one I just feel like will be really fun. <laughs> I was making a playlist because I did a yoga um, asana flow workshop at my work. And I was making a playlist for that. And I stumbled upon the uh, Twilight playlist. And I was like, oh, these would be kind of fun to do a little flow to. And so I decided that I would do um, an asana flow to the Twilight soundtrack. <laughs> it's like a nice slow flow to the Twilight music, which I've always really liked their playlists <laughs> or their soundtracks, what they're called. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be really fun. <laughs> so I hope you can join me for that. I feel like a lot of people will be interested. I don't know. Twilight um, was like really big, of course, when it first came out in my age group. Um, but then it like went away. And now I feel like everyone I know like is rewatching Twilight. And it's like they know it's bad, but they I don't know. It feels like it's having like like a cult classic-y moment. I don't know. Super problematic. <laughs> um, like the... Not no healthy relationship, I don't think. Even with Jacob, <laughs> um, I feel like I used to think he was like the nice one that Bella should end up with. But like, I don't know. Then he imprints on her daughter and like just because he's nice doesn't mean he is owed time with her or like is owed a relationship to her just because he's nice. And I feel like that's what we hear all the time in hetero relationships is like the nice guy is nice like then he automatically wins <laughs> and like I just think she should have been by herself <laughs> or with Alice honestly that's the the plot I wanted to see I had a huge crush on Alice um when I was in middle school and high school I've seen these videos this is the part where it's 
divulging from any <laughs> updates about my work and my thoughts on Twilight. Um, but there's this thing that I've seen going around where people reflect, queer people reflect on like signs that they weren't straight in in adolescence. And I have so many of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like wanting Bella to end up with Alice is like a sign. <laughs> um, yeah, I had so many of them. Um, I remember the first girl I had like a real crush on. She was so pretty. <laughs> and then she ended up being my first date, my first like queer date, um, like three years, two years later. Um, I like reached out to her and said like, he he hi. <laughs> and she was a couple of years older than me. And she was like, I knew it. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know it, but I did know it. I remember just watching her in the class I was in because it was a college class and I was still in high school. Um, and I would like watch her <laughs> through the whole class and be like, is this normal <laughs> to like feel this way about someone that's a girl? Like, I'm sure all straight girls do this, question mark, question mark. Um, yeah, I had, like, crushes on my friends before that. <sighs> it was very clear to me. And I'd always comment on how beautiful women were. Um, and I also used to say things like, I wish I were gay. <laughs> so, like, yeah. <sighs> Sometimes, like, yeah, people talk about covert signs um, and, like, I think saying things like that are pretty big signs that I just ignored. <laughs> Anyways, that all came from Twilight. <laughs> so, um, yeah, okay, I'm just going to kind of check in about what's been happening with me. Besides besides my thinking about my gay awakening <laughs> to Twilight. No, I mean, I feel like my first one had to be like Kim Possible or something. She's so, <laughs> I was going to say so hot, but I don't feel that way anymore. Um, also, the green Powerpuff girl. She's, like, sassy and, like, strong. And I remember being like, ooh. <laughs> I don't want to be her. I want to end up with her. <laughs> okay, anyways. Or Jessica Rabbit. Okay, I'm the, um, Yeah, so one thing I wanted to talk about was I took – an ancestry test through 23andMe. This episode is sponsored by... No, just kidding. They're not sponsoring me. I wish. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. But mostly I'm like Celtic, which I'm pulling it up right, right now. I'm part Neanderthal, which I was like awesome I don't know if I really wanted to know that. So <laughs> I am 92% Northwestern European, which if you looked at me, you would be like, mm-hmm. And then 5.6% um, Southern European. And then the other one are, ones are like European, but question mark? <laughs> like, we don't know. So it's all in Europe. Um but the biggest part was the UK or Ireland, which I'm like, how do you not know? But they're very close together. Um, but either way, super Celtic, which is very interesting because I thought I was German, mostly German. Um, and so did my dad. And so when I told him, he was like, huh? 
are you sure? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> kind of like pretty sure. I feel like the DNA test is more sure than me. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I knew I had like pagan ancestry. Um, I just never really identified with Norse paganism, uh, except for runes. I have my grandmother's runes um, and I, I absolutely love them. I remember seeing them when I was little and oh, they're so beautiful and they're so old and they feel so interesting. <laughs> um, I remember looking at them all the time when I was younger. So I re- I and I love using them. I don't use them a lot. Like my oracle cards, I use those almost every day. Um, my one deck that I really like. And then I use some like every month. Um, but I hardly ever use those because I like to kind of keep them sacred. And I also have decks from her. And I hardly ever use those too because I like to keep them. Like I want them to have kind of their own energy. Whereas the other ones, I kind of want them to have my energy. Especially like the new decks, you know? You know? <laughs> um, yeah, where was I going with that? Yeah, well, I have always really identified with paganism and like the the practices of the Celtic tradition. I'm still learning a lot about it, though. Um, but I'm really excited that I, I knew that that was in my lineage, um, but I didn't know like for sure. And now it's like for sure <laughs> um, that that's what my ancestors were up to. So that's very cool. Um, I've been working more with goddesses. So I've always been interested in that, but I think the start of working with goddess energy was like, not fearful, but it felt very silly. Um, and I've talked about this before, but that internalized like Christianity stuff really can get to me sometimes. Um, cause I think like, oh, well, there's only God and like the goddess can't exist. That's silly. But then I was like, well, they're either both equally silly or <laughs> the goddess is totally not silly. So um, like if, if there is a God that everyone seems to believe in, then why is there not a goddess? Like, like what is, why is that suddenly silly? You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that kind of helped me get over that imposter syndrome. I see that internalized Christianity coming up so much with people being so fearful of tarot cards um, or like Ouija boards. That comes up all the time. People will be like, well, would you ever do it? And I would. Like, it's like no different than any other divination practice. You just have to be mindful of, like, who you're inviting in and what. Um, and, like, taking the proper precautions. Um, but you should be doing that anyway if you're working with that realm. So it's, like, interesting that people are, like, they don't, I think, like, a lot of people wouldn't have one in their house. <laughs> um, which I think is interesting, too, because a lot of people I talk to, like, don't, they, like, kind of scoff at the things that I believe. Um Sometimes knowing I believe in them, sometimes not, which is fun. Um, but then I think it's interesting because they would never touch a Ouija board. So I'm like, hmm, 
because you believe in something. <laughs> uh, so I just always think that's very interesting. People are like, yeah, it's always interesting to see. I think people can be kind of freaked out or scared and I don't blame them. And sometimes I feel that way too. Um, but I think that's really like Christianity, like colonialism coming through that fear, like of something that's evil or demonic. Uh, I'm not saying that I am like actively evil or demonic. Um, but like, that's what people think things that they are not comfortable with or have never practiced or is it in their faith, they automatically think is evil, which is very interesting. Um, very like black and white thinking, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I went on a little rant. Anyways, <laughs> I've been working with like goddess energy. Um, I listened to an episode by Witch Wednesday. We did another live, so maybe I can publish that live if I figure out how to do it um, or remember how to do it. But one of her podcast episodes was about polytheism, and she talked about like hard and soft polytheism. I think hard means that you think that each goddess is their own goddess, and soft would be like either there's one goddess and multiple forms or like expressions of the one goddess or God. Um, I only listened to what I wanted to hear, which is about the goddess. Um, or there's like, um, I have to think about this. I'm trying to think of example, like Aphrodite is the same goddess. That, uh, oh, I can't remember any other love goddesses. But that's what I mean. Like a goddess of war is a goddess of war and a goddess of love is a goddess of love. And, and they can, they match up perfectly, which is kind of true for Greek and Roman. They are very, very similar, like Diana and Artemis, for example. Um, yeah, but heart, like soft is thinking that they're the same, just like across cultures. So I'm not sure where I fall on that. I'm like, more hard than soft. <laughs> wink, wink. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, the goddesses I've been working with is the Morrigan, who is a Celtic goddess. And I'm mostly just reading about her to start, although we've had some chats. Um, Bridget, who I've like, like gently worked with before. Um, she's also an Irish goddess. Um, she's really celebrated around the Imbolc time, which is February time before spring after like the end of winter. Um, but then also on the Greek goddess side, working with Nyx and Selene and Hecate. Some people pronounce her name differently. Hecate has been like, I'm not ready yet, but she's like waiting, <laughs> Um, and like learning a lot about Lilith, which has been very fun. Um, my divine feminine Oracle deck talks about her and that was like my intro to her. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, I've also been watching Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. So good. Lilith is in that, which is like different than how I imagined her. Like, I don't think she's the same as was depicted in the show, but I loved it. <laughs> and I love that show. So good. Um, and I'm surprised I'm doing really well. <laughs> I, 
I haven't been that scared because <laughs> I get scared pretty easily. I can't watch Stranger Things. I think I will try again soon, but I don't know why. That one really freaks me out. And I don't know why <laughs> I'm okay with Sabrina um, and not Stranger Things. I feel like Sabrina also has like the feminine energy and the feminist energy. And it's about witches, which I, which I like. I don't love <laughs> the idea that all witches are witches because of Satan. <laughs> I'm like not so such a fan of that, but I, I, I really like it overall. And it feels so spooky. And I like that the episodes are long and I can like watch a little movie every time I, I tune in. Mm, speaking of, I went to Michael's, <laughs> uh, sponsored by Mike. No, just kidding. Um, and I got some Halloween decor. So the living room, I'm decorating more like Maybonny, more folly, autumny, and then my second bedroom, which is like my unofficial room, uh, is like Halloween themed or Samhain themed. And I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I I just love it so much, and I found. Um, the things I found, I'm going to use year round <laughs> for Halloween. I found this beautiful skull with a crow on it. Um, and I'm going to use that as my Morrigan like offering even after Halloween. So very cool. Um, whew, fall is also a hard time. So I'm curious to see how it's going to be for me. Um, I had a trauma anniversary in October. Had, have, um, but yeah, so last year was the worst it's been in quite a long time. And then something happened in April that I'm curious about how it will affect me come this October. Um, yeah, part of me feels like I processed it on a deeper level this year, this past year. So I wonder if like this October will be more freeing for me or if it'll be worse for me. <laughs> so I'm kind of open to either one. <laughs> um, we'll see. But yeah, I, I kind of know that I'll, for a lot of people, every season has trauma for a lot of people. But for some reason, fall seems really common. I don't know why that is or if it's just coincidence. But I know a lot of people with trauma in fall. And I also know that Seasonally, it can be tough, especially if you're someone who suffers from seasonal affective disorder or sad, which I've always thought is so ironic that it's called sad. Um, yeah, it can just be hard when the weather shifts like that. I for I feel like I don't know how true this is. I've seen some people say it, but I feel like I get that way. But during the summer, I, I feel really down. I feel really agitated. I just don't feel like myself during summer. Um, so I'm kind of feeling the opposite. Like I'm really looking forward to fall and winter. I feel like myself. I feel, I feel like the world starts to match my energy and my pace. Um, cause I don't do well with like fast paced things, long days, staying up late, big parties, big gatherings. And like, there's a shit ton of those in fall and winter for sure. And those are always 
pretty challenging. Um, but they're like cozy get together. They're like cozy holidays. And that makes it easier for me. I don't know. I like when things are cozy. <laughs> it's like the world is just as cozy as I feel. Or the hemisphere is just as cozy as I feel. Um, hmm. Yeah, I've been really irritable lately. Uh, irritability is tough too because it doesn't really match anything I've dealt with for most of my life. Most of my life, it's either been anxiety or depression. Uh, and irritability, I think, is super common with both. Um, but feeling more dominantly irritable is something that's very new for me in the last maybe two years, um, which is coincidentally like has been a very rough two years for everybody. So I'm, I acknowledge that and wonder if that has something to do with it. Yeah. Just been so irritable. Uh, it's been tough. It's been tough. And I think, you know, one of my Ayurvedic doshas is Pitta. That's my strongest one, which is very fiery. I have an Aries moon. So I do think I have like that fiery side in me, um, but that fiery side was not well nourished growing up. Um, I think like all fiery women are not well nourished on uh, the patriarchy. But um, yeah, so I think that fiery side has just really come out and is like, hey, <laughs> don't ignore me anymore. Um, but I haven't, I'm like not used to her. Um Today I'm interviewing someone that will be aired in two weeks uh, or three weeks. Um, and her, I won't get into it too much, but she has these different archetypes that she puts on the nervous system. And I think the huntress is very like anger and fiery. And so I feel like I'm kind of integrating the huntress, like the Artemis archetype. I've been working with Artemis for a while, actually. I think she was one of the first goddesses that called to me. Um, and this like goes back to the hard and soft polytheism thing. She has like the same vibes as my grandmother, who I work with a lot, even though I've never met her in her life. Um, I feel very like deeply connected to her. Um, and I like, yeah, she just always gives me like Artemis energy. There's so many pictures of her with her bow and arrow. Um, and I believe she was a very fiery woman and had a lot of opinions. Um, I mean, she had like tarot cards. Um, but like, I think she didn't live her life to her fullest because of certain people that she was married to uh, in certain situations that she was in. So I think part of me has always felt like I, I have to live my full expression and like be and embrace that fiery archetype in me partially because she didn't get to, um, and because I deserve it. But I, I think a lot of it is like my female lineage did not on both sides, um, did not get to live into their full power and their full selves. So it feels really important for me at this time to like live my life fully for me, but also for the women who came before me. And knowing that 
I do come from like a family of magic or witches, pagans. Um, and I've always deeply known this, that I've had ancestry or even past lives of like people who have been persecuted for being a witch or healer, or wise person. Um, like I feel very strongly about kind of living into that. Um, it, like actually I don't feel like super comfortable, honestly, sharing that I work with goddesses or I feel embarrassed talking about tarot. I feel uncomfortable calling myself a witch, even though that's what I call myself by myself. Um, it feels really scary. And I think a lot of that is like ancestral trauma and then like in-person trauma, <laughs> IRL trauma um, of growing up in the like internalized colonialism slash patriarchy slash super Christianized place that I grew up in. But that's why I do it too. I do it for people like me when I was younger. I would have loved, I mean, like, I don't mean this in a to my own horn way, but I would have loved to listen to this. Not because I'm so amazing <laughs> or the podcast is like particularly amazing or good, <laughs> but because someone's talking on the internet about their spiritual beliefs that are different than what I grew up thinking. And there's a, a young woman talking about her experiences pretty openly. Um, like that would have meant the world to me growing up where I did. And I didn't have access to real life people like this. Same with the sexuality stuff too. Like I didn't know any real life lesbians or bisexual queens. <laughs> um, I knew one girl in middle school who was gay. Um, and I was like fascinated by her, of course. Um, but like that was, I knew one for sure. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but like positive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've gone back to my hometown and I was on dating apps and like been on her and uh, Bumble and seen so many people. <laughs> I've been like, aha, I knew it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so of course they were there, but they weren't out. Um, and like never people who had, it was like Christian and then like atheists and the atheists were bad. <laughs> um, so there was no one that like represented my spiritual beliefs except for um, Willow on Buffy the Vampire Slayer because she got into Wicca in the show. That was like the closest I had ever felt <laughs> to someone spiritually. And my dad. Um, my dad was is awesome. And his spirit, I didn't even know the extent of his spiritual beliefs, but we believe a lot of the same things, which I think is really cool. But um, anyway, <laughs> where did that come from? Um, let's see what else. I have a couple more minutes. Um, oh, I was talking about irritability. <laughs> Somehow it divulged into that. Um, one of my pet peeves that have been happening recently is that people are, have been saying like really homophobic things to me, thinking that I'm straight. Um, and I'm like, no. <laughs> um, and I actually told someone recently, I was like, girly, I'm not straight. Like I, it makes me really uncomfortable when you say these things. Um, 
Yeah, I just like don't know why people. Sometimes people know too, and they still say it anyway. And I'm like, I don't know what you want from me in this moment. Um, but yeah, I'm like working on setting boundaries around that too. Um, would be super curious to know if any other straight passing people get those comments from like random people too. I'm like, this is a bold guess that you're making or like people who know you. I'd be, yeah, really curious. Um, I wanted to talk about perspective because that's something I've really been struggling with and it's something I've like shared my own revelations with or whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I've just been really struggling with it lately. And I think a lot of that is because I'm doing some inner child and mother archetype stuff. I'm reading, listening to Discovering the Inner Mother by Bethany Webster. It's been in my Audible library for a long time. And I finally started reading it. And I have an episode I recorded today, but won't be coming out till the 29th, I think. Um about inner children and it, it's beautiful. It moved me and like gave me the insight that I needed that I was journaling about this morning. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky to be able to have this conversation and then share it. It's just amazing. Um, I think that's, I'm just switching gears, but I think that's my calendar just went off and I'm not going to edit it out because <laughs> um, I'm a real person who has calendar notifications. That's another thing that I'm like, I don't care about anymore. <laughs> um, anyways, what was I saying? I don't know. Oh, I think that's what taking a break from the podcast really does give me is like the renewed sense of gratitude and awe that I'm talking to people I would have never met about very vulnerable and very interesting things for me anyways. Um, and then being able to like share those conversations with others so that they can hopefully benefit from it. Like that's so beautiful. And I'm so lucky. I can't believe I'm that lucky. So yeah, I love that I have that renewed sense of gratitude now moving into this. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah just feeling like I'm having a hard time with perspective. I, I wonder if it's something I've always had or if I'm just really noticing it now um, or if it's just been more exacerbated with the work that I'm doing. I do feel like my window of tolerance has gotten smaller. I feel more overwhelmed more easily, um, which could be the time of the year, but doesn't feel like that's true yet. <laughs> um yeah, like too many things going on in a day quickly make me feel overwhelmed. Too many tasks to do at once quickly makes me feel overwhelmed. Uh, it's gotten to the point where I am having, again, a hard time returning texts and emails as quickly as I would like. And I think that comes with some shame for me too, because it's like, why not? Like it doesn't take that long to respond to a text, right? I've heard people say that all the time. It doesn't take that long. It just takes a few seconds out of your day. Um, and I think that's true, but also, like, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> it doesn't feel like that when I'm already overwhelmed. Um, yeah, so I, I've been noticing, like, that's been unfortunately falling a little bit. And I do feel bad, but I also feel like I have a community around me 
that's been so supportive. Um, and that if I do not respond to their texts right away, then they just text me again if it's important or they call me or they say it's okay, <laughs> you know? Um, so I'm like really appreciative that I feel like I have that understanding and support. And I kind of realized I think that's something I need in a friend is someone who can hold a little bit of grace for me. And it also means I'm very present when I'm with people. I'm not on my phone when I'm with people, which I think is for me a quality that I appreciate more than texting back quickly. I'd rather them be with me when they're with me. Because if they're texting everyone else back right away, it's obviously cutting into our time. I've been really grateful. I've really been focusing on community. I've been reading Belonging by Toko Pot Turner. It's so good. Um, and trying to work with my dreams a bit more. It's uh, part of why I've been working with Celine and Nix. Have um, a, a nighttime altar to both of them. Um, I kind of imagine them like sisters, although I think I read that it's like more thought that Nix is probably the mother of Celine, but I feel like they're sisters. Can't tell me otherwise. Um, like Celine is the moon and Nix is the night that holds the moon. But Celine, like, it just feels like a beautiful, like, like the, the beautiful sister, two sister archetype that I feel like is like really common um, in real life. I know some sister, I know multiple sisters like that. And then even <laughs> like in Sabrina, <laughs> I feel like uh, Zelda and oh my God, what's her name? Starts with an H. Is it Hilga? Well, I don't know. The two sisters, I feel like they have that same dynamic. And I've seen that dynamic played out in sisters over and over again. So I don't know. I'm super curious if that's something that's ever been written about. I'm sure. Um Otherwise, trademark. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, working with my dreams. It's been interesting. I, they have not been as enlightening as I hoped. I thought it was going to be, like, very clear. But I think I have to do more sitting with my dreams because right now I'm just writing them down when I wake up to remember them. But I've been remembering my dreams. It's amazing what the intention of remembering dreams can do. Um I have a lot of dreams about Sabrina because I think I just watch it a lot. Um, uh, yeah, I have had other dreams I don't want to share, <laughs> so I'm going to move on. Um, almost done checking in, but yeah, actually, I think that's pretty much all I wanted to check in about. I'm really excited for the new things that have kind of bloomed in this last month. Mindfully Rooted was planned, but we really only started planning beginning of August, so it took about a month for that to come to fruition, and then a little extra to have that as an offering that always exists. Bloom, Blooming Wild, the membership community that has been birthed in the last month, um, Bloomcast has been birthed in the last month. Oh, I didn't say that how I came up with Bloomcast <laughs> was because I was talking to Brenna and we were trying to figure out what to call our Ko-Fi membership. And we were like, bloom, wild, grow, blossom. Like we had all these words. And so I was like, I put a bunch of them into uh, a, a 
like a name generator <laughs> online and Bloomcast came out and it didn't fit what we were doing, but I was like, Ooh, I really like that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> but I was like, I need to figure out what I'm going to use it for. <laughs> so the name came first, <laughs> but I had been wanting to do, I was thinking of doing like short episodes here on empowered spirituality. I just thought like, Ooh, why not make like a mini podcast called Bloomcast? Um, so that's how, <laughs> that's partially how that started with a name first. Isn't that funny? Um, total side note, I feel that way about dogs and cats too. I wish I could have a cat. Oh my goodness. Oh, I forgot when, maybe it was about a month ago. Um, but I walked outside, I looked out my window and I saw the cutest little black cat by my car. And I was like, oh my God, that's a kitten. So I like went to... <laughs> grabbed my jeans because I was like, I got to go outside <laughs> and see this kitten. And then I saw another kitten and they walked outside and there was another kitten and there were three kittens under my car uh, and they were just so adorable. And I was, and I called the shelter and they wouldn't come pick them up. And I was like, I can't put them in my car. Like that won't work. Like, uh. and so we ended up putting them in our backyard um, and we took care of them for a couple of days while we rehoused them. And I, so this random man on Craigslist took the two black cats and, and someone else took, it was like the Siamese looking cat, um, as if you've seen them. <laughs> um, and that one, the, the person who is now the owner of that one, um, I got a picture from them roundabout. Because it was a friend of a friend. But anyways, I got a picture of that little kitty. And it was cuddling with a dog. And it was the sweetest thing. And it just makes me feel so relieved that they found homes. And they, got, they were really sweet. And they really warmed up to me. And I'm allergic to cats, but not too bad. Um, but my partner's mom is allergic to cats. And my partner doesn't like cats. <laughs> so, um, which is fair. They are very smelly. But I love cats. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've done the talking that's, uh, that feels good. <laughs> um, yeah, this was like an informal episode, obviously, um, talking about twilight and gay awakenings and yoga and overwhelm <laughs> and the mother wound. <laughs> but yeah, more structured episodes coming soon. And if you'd like to see little daily bites, um, you should check out Bloomcast and you should definitely, if you're free, come to, um, Fall Flow, which is on September 23rd, celebrating the beginning of autumn or one of the other two, uh, classes. Um, maybe you can come to my Twilight class. Tell me if Twilight helped you <laughs> sexually awaken. <laughs> oh, just kidding. You can keep it to yourself or you can tell me, I don't know. Um, that's all that I had though. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy the upcoming episodes.